Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Down to Biscay. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome into a special edition of Floor is Yours here on the Five he Reasons. Win. He win! Oh, sorry, wrong show. Wrong show. I know, this is just wrong customary for you. you got to go My back bad. to the character. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do this a little bit differently tonight. No sponsors on this show. We do have a charity that we're going to be uh, promoting here tonight. Giancarlo is going to tell you a little bit about this in a second, uh, but no sponsors. We're just going to roll through this thing. We expected to have seven people here. We're going to talk about the seventh person incessantly until he arrives. Uh, but I want to introduce everybody who is here. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick at Five Reasons Sports. Up on the top row here, we've got Greg Sylvander, also from Five on the Floor, and Brady Hawk, who you can follow at Brady Hawk 305. We've got on the bottom row here, on the right side, Giancarlo Navis. You can follow him at GNavis103, although I'm not sure he, he spells his Twitter handle correctly. We've got Alphonse Sidney in the middle. You remember him because he, uh, he used to host here on this channel, Alf954. And we've got Tiffany Meeks. At some point, we may or may not have Alex Toledo, but until he does, his ears are going to burn. This is the way that we're going to do this tonight. Uh, John, Carla, why don't you start here? uh, Tell tell everybody about the charity here and all of the Super Chat money, 100% of it tonight. uh, And you guys know how to do that. 100% of it tonight is going to go to this charity. Okay, no sponsors, nothing else. Uh, G, tell them about it. So tonight we're tonight's for One Pulse Foundation. If you guys don't remember, um, back back a couple of years ago, there was a shooting at an Orlando gay nightclub. It was one of the most horrible days in our country. It was it was brutal. And uh, One Pulse Foundation is is founded by the uh, the owner of the of the nightclub that no longer exists. It's it's a historic site now, and uh, it's to establish a sanctuary and to help LGBTQ uh, the LGBT community and all that. Um, and we worked with them in the past. Last year, we raised a ton of money for Pride, them and, and another um, organization. They're great. It's a Florida, you know, especially now, I think more than ever, um, you know, with, with leadership in Florida, I think that, you know, we every dollar that we spend to help our community, especially gay, lesbian, transgender, non-binary, our, our brothers, sisters and, and all. Um, I think that that goes a long way. So that's what tonight's about. Thank you to Ethan for letting this happen. I didn't even either just like, Hey, you want to do like a charity thing? Like, you know, I was like, I would love to. Yes. So shout out to Ethan for just, I didn't even think of that. It was all his idea. So thank you for uh, helping platform. I think an important thing at a very important time, especially in Florida. All right. So all of the super chat money. Oh my God. Hold on a second. All of the super chat money comes here. 703 on the dot. Uh, Alex Toledo has joined us from tropical blanket. Uh, You can follow at tropical blanket. 
Uh, here's how we're going to do this tonight. Uh, Wait up. Who's, whose team is he on? I don't know. We'll have to decide. This. <laughs> <laughs> have to sub in here. All right. So G and I have prepared 10 topics. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to rotate who introduces the topic. I'll go first. Then G will go after that. I have to start by asking a Miami Heat beat person first. G will start by asking one of the five on the floor crew also. We're not going to – we don't want this thing to go three hours, so we'll try to keep it quick here. Uh, but that's the way we're going to do this. So we're going to start with a couple of basic topics. The most obvious one in everybody's mind right now, I'll start with Tiffany on this one. Who do you want the Heat to face in the first round? Um. I'm going to go with the Hawks. I'm going to go with the Hawks. Do uh, you want to know why? Are we expounding yes. upon it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, honestly, I think that um, I'd rather, I'd actually rather see Trey out there than see Jared Allen healthy in the middle. I'll be completely honest. I think if, if you, Trey's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to take a bunch of long jumpers. He's going to try to get into the paint. So if you can kind of funnel him and keep him honest, you're going to beat that team. I think the difference with the Cavs is, you know, they've got a super strong physically point guard who can get you into the middle. And if Jared Allen is semi-healthy, he's shutting down what's happening in the paint. So I, I don't want to see any of that length right now, especially not in the first round. I want our guys to get in there and get out. So I'm going to roll with the Hawks. Greg? Couldn't agree more. I mean, this is another moment where you should just edit everything I'm about to say and just put Tiffany's statement there. And that's exactly how I feel. But I, I just I guess I'll remind everyone about Cleveland that there was a couple moments in December where I know there were some weirdos that tweeted stuff about Cleveland being a horrible matchup because of their length. Well, there's a little bit of truth to some of that, I guess. And it's a lot easier to game plan for one guy. I think inevitably Jimmy would end up on Trey. Uh, it's just an easier matchup. It's simpler to beat one guy. So there's no doubt Atlanta is who we'd rather see. All right. And I want to remind everybody, uh, the Super Chat stuff, if you guys want to hit that, that's all going to one pulse tonight. So make sure that you do that. All right. Well, we'll throw one more here in the mix. Uh, Alex, go ahead. Who do you like in the first round series? I'm with them too, man. I think I'd rather, you know, play the Hawks if I'm the Heat, especially, you know, with kind of the availability question with John Collins going on. Like, I think with for every reason they said, it's like you have guys that you – did Alex freeze? Classic. Classic. It's <laughs> just perfect. That, that's the universe at work right there, yo. For real. John Carlo, your sick. turn. No, I'm I'm sick. Sick. <laughs> oh my God. I want to start, start with that Brady, who I'm really excited. I requested Brady. I'm really excited to meet him. Uh, Brady. On the other side of the bracket, I think it's pretty interesting. Miami positioned themselves to avoid both the Celtics and the Bucks until the conference finals and the Nets, for that matter. Who is your preferred opponent in that on that side of the bracket? Like, like a Nets team that makes a conference finals that's rolling. Would you rather play them over the Bucks or like even the Celtics? Where, where do you stand on that? So we're excluding the Bulls, right? Because they technically they're on have that they side ever of... beaten a good team? I don't, I don't know. I mean, technically they're on that bracket, so I, I was going to give the easy answer out, but I, I'll still say I, I think Milwaukee's dead last. Like I, I still am say that I don't think you'd want to play them. Uh, it depends between Brooklyn and Boston, but I think I'd say you want to play Brooklyn. Like I, I'm still not on the Brooklyn wave anyway. Like I still felt like 
yeah, they can get, you know, a win and a play and get to the seven. It, there was there were people that were worried about them getting to the eight, beating Miami. But there were also people worried about them losing in a play-in and falling to eight. So, like, they're not this complete powerhouse <laughs> that everybody's just, like, going to just push them forward. That if they were to get hot, uh, they still have two guys. They don't have a lot of, you know, depth. Uh, so, I feel like that that would be the preferred matchup. It's just not the first-round matchup. You're not worried about Ben Simmons possibly joining them in game three? Definitely not. Who <laughs> <laughs> they could they could put Struce Tyler Duncan on him at all times, and they they don't have a guy to hunt. So I mean, that's pretty ideal. Finally, somewhere to put the tres leches. Alf, what about you? Um, I, I agree with Brady. There's way too much agreement going on. Um, much agreement. That's true. So it's like when we have Sedano on now. He's, <laughs> he's become agreeable in old days. I just start yelling at everybody. Um, no, I agree with Brady, and because uh. Whenever Spolster has somebody to key in on, and in that series, he's going to be able to key in on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. He is just a master at taking guys out of the game and making the other guys beat you. And we saw, like, the Bucks have other guys that can beat you that are, are championship-tested. The, the Celtics have other guys that can beat you um, that have been deep into the playoffs before. When you look at the Brooklyn Nets, outside of Kyrie and Kevin Durant, that team is trash like there's just a lot of garbage up and down that lineup like i like bruce brown he's fun um seth curry it, it can be dangerous but we saw one of the biggest games he's ever played in he was rough um andre drummond <laughs> i was trying i'm trying to i'm trying to say andre drummond without laughing and i couldn't um but andre drummond <laughs> maybe ben simmons like we've seen ben simmons in big games so um I don't think there's a if listen if the if the Nets get all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals they're playing great they're super hot but out of those three teams especially if Robert Williams looks good in that second round if they make it that far yeah I don't want to play the Nets I mean I don't I, I'd rather play the Nets out of all can, three. Of can those. I push a narrative? Um, by the way, Pusha T's album's about to drop, so I'm, I could be pushing narrative today. <laughs> um, think about it this way though, y'all. If if we're talking about Brooklyn in the conference finals, that means that they just beat Boston and then without beat, Robert Williams. And then beat Milwaukee. Correct? Yeah. Am I following? Am I yeah. tracking correctly? So yeah. you're you're not talking about a Brooklyn team that's in the same place mentally as they would be if they were to advance that far. So I think that it does make it a little more complicated of a decision um, than just saying Boston. Or just, I get that, or but like, saying, but the first round series against Boston, I think Boston could be in trouble because if Robert Williams can't come back to the second round, um, their defense is not as daunting. I know they have Depoy, Marcus Smart, I roll, um, but uh, if they have, if they don't have Robert Williams, that could be where the Nets, you know, they they steal a first round series, and you never know with Brook Lopez's health how, you know, what the Bucs are going to look like in the second round. So I could see them getting to the, the the conference finals and still not being that scary. All right, we're going to get to some fan stuff here. Uh, Wait a second. second, hold on, hold on. Ethan, where's your your earphone cords? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I, I don't, I'm actually on my computer this time. I'm using my mic. This is special for you. Look at this. I mean, what is happening? Production. <laughs> I left I'm, and you cleaned yourself up. I, <laughs> overnight. <laughs> People were wondering how I took like good video of Max Struess the other day. It's because my daughter wiped off the, the camera lens finally. <laughs> she showed me how to do that. Um, all right, let's get to the next one. And again, anybody wants to throw in the super chat stuff uh, that's uh, that's going to pulse. 
uh, to our charity one pulse tonight. So make sure that you jump in and do that. All right. Fan stuff. Cause I, I know this is what everybody wants to get to. Uh, there is a perception out there that the national media hates the heat. Uh, today, Jay Williams gave another of his completely uninformed takes. Uh, we've seen these over the years. Uh, we got G doing the, the can be there, uh, but G and I were discussing this. It, at times it seems like heat fans are harder on the heat than even the national media is like, I'll start with Eric Spolstra who for years, okay. Uh, critical of Spoh's rotations, etc. And it, it feels to me a little bit like some of the national media perception has stemmed from heat fans giving the national media, which doesn't study. So they don't know any better narratives that they run with. I'm going to, I'm going to start with Alf on this one. Cause I, I feel like you might have views. Uh, I, it, I mean, first thing is the national media, do they hate the heat? Are they just uninformed about the heat? Are they just stupid or are heat fans playing into this? They're uninformed. Um, <clears throat> there's, you know, for the most part this season, there hasn't been much drama. There haven't been narratives. Um, the heat just went out there every night, took care of business. Like, you know, it's just like the regular news, like positivity. It does not sell. Right. So talking about a bunch of undrafted guys, you know, beating the Phoenix Suns by 25 points in Phoenix. That, you know, that could be a fun story, but I mean, I mean, what is, what is, you know, Stephen A. Smith and Mad Dog about going to argue about that? Like, there's no argument. There's no debate there. So, I mean, the, the entire culture around sports media is all debate driven and there haven't been that many debates when it comes to the heat this year. Finally, they got some, uh, you know, a little bit of coverage after, you know, they were about to kill each other on the bench. Um, but once that blew over, they go on a six game winning streak uh, crickets. Right. So I don't think that they hate the heat. I think there are some couple salty people out there that probably had some run-ins with Heat Twitter, John Hollinger, and they just they've never really gotten over it. He's also a gambling addict, and then and we probably lost him some money over the years. Um, but beyond that, I don't think there's an oh, agenda. going to get us sued. Oh, You're back on the channel for ten minutes. Oh, listen, come, come find me. Um, but I just I don't think they have a personal agenda against the Heat. I just think it's just not fun to talk about, and they don't watch games. They watch narratives. So if you're not watching the Heat play and there's no narratives, they don't know what to talk about. Alice, no I mean, narratives. We made it through the whole damn season making podcasts with no <laughs> narratives, Ethan. Look at that. Magician. Alex, 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 I'll go to you on this. Is it ignorance? Is it what? What is it? Because, I mean, I'm, Jay Williams' take today was completely ridiculous, but they all seem to be. Yeah, no, the idea that the Hawks are going to upset the Heat is absolutely insane. I, I would dare to say an abomination of a take yes. uh, since we're doing the crossover. <laughs> but no, nah, really, like, it's just I, that's something where it's like, I, I'm not even going to give credence to that to that take. That's how insane and ridiculous I think it is. As far as the national media not liking the heat, I don't know what it is. But like, for example, before, you know, I was uh, right on time for this show, I was listening to one of the ringer pods where <laughs> uh, where my guy, oh, I haven't even gone to it yet. So I, I think it's a little early, but. Uh, you know, the Ringer show was talking about how they kind of don't take the Heat seriously, and they're thinking of like the Sixers having the easy path to the conference finals, and how some of these guys would be disappointed if uh, the Sixers don't get there because they got the path that they would want. And I'm, you know, like I feel like I hear that all the time when I listen to to different pods, and it's just like, you know, at some point you just got to let it play out because I, I just really don't, I really don't get it. Tiffany, what where do you think it is? Oh, it's it's what UD said. They're not sexy. Nobody's dropping 60. Nobody's giving you massive triple doubles. 
you know, nobody's out all night at the booby bars. Best player so, can't shoot. Right. Like, what are you going to do? Like, nobody's trying to get wings and strippers. Like, we don't have any of that happening. All we got is winning. That's it. That's literally, that's all we got. Taking charges. That's it. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> taking charges is not sexy. And the other thing that's funny is talking about kind of taking narratives. Uh, Heat fans and people in general would talk about clutch offense. and They talk about Jimmy down the stretch. Now you're hearing them take that take and expand on it where, okay, Jimmy's not a clutch player. Right. We never said Jimmy wasn't a clutch player. Like that was never the take. It was that he didn't have spacing in the half court to kind of create offense or they didn't know which guy to go to. But this idea that now, okay, we're shifting everything that we don't trust the heat because uh, Jimmy's not clutch. No, you didn't trust the heat before because they didn't have the right lineups and it didn't weren't running the right sets. Like it's just weird. That's the type of uninformed. Stuff Brady, that isn't happens. that the fact that that's complicated and these people are lazy. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like they're not, they're yeah. not actually watching the team, but, but you're right. That's what G and I were talking about before when we decided to do this topic. Cause it's, I do feel like they're just like, they're just looking on like heat Twitter and okay, they're talking about this. So let's just go off on this. Uh, and, and like the Butler thing is a perfect example. Like, People outside of Miami don't think Kyle Lowry's had a good year because they, ju they just look at the numbers. And you know, we said 13 and eight before the season. You know what he finished at? 13 and eight. And he made everybody else better. He fulfilled his role. But if you look outside, oh, he didn't have a good year. Okay. Because he didn't average 18. He didn't average 20. And I do feel, though, some of that comes in every time the Heat lose. There's this echo chamber here that I think then gets radiated out. And when they decide, they do a little bit of research. They just look on Twitter. That's all they do. They don't watch the games. That's what they come up with. All right. The next topic, uh, this, this one is sponsored by our friend Hot Take Harry. Uh, G, the, <laughs> go with this one. <laughs> Shout out to Hot Take Harry. Do Heat fans want to win or do they want to be right? I'm going to start with my brother Leif because – I feel like a lot of fans out here just want to be right. And it's a little annoying sometimes. Well, this is oh, like little. you throwing me an alley. -oop. No, 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 not you. Because I feel no, like no, we no, agree no, on this. Because yeah. they said that. They yeah. said that on a recent show, I think. I know. That's why I'm throwing it away. Very strongly about this. I think in general, it's human nature to just rather be right. You think that that being right is going to make you happy. So that's why you try to be right. And it, that extends way beyond Miami Heat basketball. But no, they, they would rather be right. I honestly believe that um that there's just that that's just but that's part of being a fan is that you you want to act like you know it all and then when it comes true you want to slam dunk on that like I, I don't know I guess it's hard for me to necessarily pin people to um you know hold people down about it like it's not right but um I mean I, I I'm not gonna go off on anybody if that's what you're trying to get no no, no. Um, Play the rant that's music. Alex's job. That's oh, Alex's sorry. job. He needs to hold people accountable. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just essentially human nature. They want to be right. Alf? I, 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 I agree with the Lave to an extent. Like, he said that it's part of being a fan. This wasn't part of being a fan before Twitter came around. Like, everybody, <laughs> it's thinks they're, everybody thinks they're an analyst. Everyone has their hot takes. And they're like, and they, they feel like, oh, if I put out this take, I have to stick to it. Or, you know, people are going to hold me accountable like, you know, Alex. Uh, but nobody, like, nobody cares about your take. Like, it's okay to be wrong. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, people are like, oh, I told you. Like, like I, I swear, when he went on the four-game losing streak, I had to just block and mute a, a, a thousand Twitter followers because I told you so. I told you so. Including Hot Dick Harry. 
I, but it was like, I don't care. I, what is it? Who cares if you told me so? I told you, Jimmy. But oh wow, I guess the, you know the front office should do something different because such and such Heat fan eighty six on Twitter said Jimmy can't close games. Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want from me? Is you know, Andy's scrolling through it, Alf. Three hundred five way oh, yeah. They're so. making but, but, their you know, decisions so based on these hot takes from Twitter people. You're not an analyst. You're a fan. Like, just calm the hell down. Nobody could, cares about your takes. Could we put up that Derek Singer? We appreciate the donation, Derek. And again, all of this is going to charity tonight. Uh, people want to be smart and right. And of course, I've been saying this for years, which you know the gag on that. Well done. So, you can't so, be happy and right. Pick so, one, but you can't be both. So we appreciate. Well, there, there, there are there are about five people on on Twitter who hate Duncan Robinson more than they hate anything in society. And it does not matter if the Heat win or lose. It makes no difference. The first comment under every like, like Brady, you could, you or Alex could be posting videos from down at the arena, and literally the first comment is Duncan Robinson sucks. It, I mean, it could be about nothing to do with Duncan Robinson. It's take, it's taken over your team. It's it's completely taken over. Well, that was me with your team. I'm Brady. I'm are you on your island? <laughs> <laughs> How many did Alf start of these? Let's go through them. <laughs> <laughs> Alf, Alf wanted to be right about that one. All right, so so let's get to the next one again. We appreciate the donations. I feel like I should start with Greg on this one, but I'm gonna go to Alex actually. Well, you know what? Let me go to G because we got we got a cross. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this one at G uh, as as somebody who's been uh, involved with Heat Beat for ten years. Has transaction talk, in your view, uh, surpassed game talk to the point that people just care about the transaction now? And how much is that affecting the discourse? Oh, I, I think easily. And I think I'm glad that Brady's here because I think Brady and Leif represent the two sides of this, right? Like Brady is this really brilliant X's and O's guys and Leif is an information peddler, right? Leif has good info. So do you, Ethan, and Brady's like that. And there, there's a blend of both because to improve a team, you obviously need to make changes and there needs to be transactions. But also we need to know what's going on on the actual court to know which transactions are actually beneficial. And I think when you don't have both, you lose sight of it and you're just doing transactions. And I think when people, and I think most fans, I mean, why are most fans going to know what a double drag is or what inverted horns are, or like, they're not, you know, they don't know what an Iverson cut is, or they don't know what floppy is. It's not their job. You're just here to enjoy. But when you don't understand the nuances of the game, I think it's just easier to complain and default to change. It's like literally Karen walking into a Starbucks and like wanting like, like an employee change because their latte is messed up. Right, it's like if you don't understand what's going on. Of course, my camera goes out. As as We're all playing our part. They don't know the plays, yeah. but they damn sure know all the mid-level rules and the right. trade exceptions. Yeah. And so, like, they can pay. pay that's Googleable, Leif. Yeah, that's true. So, I I think the transaction talk is you know it's sexier, it's easier to talk about, it's great for social because you can make cool graphics of like a guy in a different jersey, and you get a hundred retweets, and you're like, yeah, he's content. But I, I think we got to dial that back a bit. Alex, you do a little bit of both. So, I mean, no, I mean, you do. I mean, look, Olytic, Olytic Richardson at a first round pick. I will always remember that because that's basically. I made the graphic for that, Ethan. I, know. I was listening to that today. Brian, for some reason, linked me, and, and I was listening to that show. From, I mean, from, you know, when all of us worked together. And, you know, when G called Josh Richardson a special player. <laughs> like, really Ethan, adamant. Remember? About Ethan, not trading Josh for Jimmy. 
Ethan, do you remember at the watch party when Jay Rich stepped out of bounds and Alf yells out in the middle of Duffy's, glad we didn't trade him for Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Ranting for like 20 minutes about Jay Rich. <laughs> I, I remember the watch party that we were we were waiting on the draft lottery at Tap 42 in Miami and Duncan Robinson sitting outside and yes. we spent the whole night trying to get him to come in and hang out with us, uh, which which didn't happen. But but Alex, I mean, do you think, uh, because I mean, you, you and Brady do uh, you know a ton of the, the in-game the strategy stuff for us greg and i tend to be more narrative you know sort of big picture uh in, in that sense i mean do you, do you think that the transaction talk has some say it's ruined the way that people watch the game i think it's a little bit of that and a little bit of like you know first take culture has kind of just gotten all over yeah. basketball discourse in general if you want to just get big picture but as far as like transaction that's always going to be you know the sexy thing like uh like you guys said and i like we're going to get right back into it this summer when inevitably after the, the, the Jazz get eliminated in the first round and there's reports of Mitchell and Gobert not liking each other or whatever for the millionth time, you know, we're going to rehash this stuff. And again, when Bradley Beal is like non-committal to the Wizards, and we're going to keep doing this until something changes. And you know what, man? Like, that's part of the fun of sports, man. I think there's always a it's a it's a balance thing, right? Like we got to just not be so annoying about it where you're yelling at other people that you don't even know on Twitter and, you know, commenting and just like trying to always have your opinion be more important than everybody else. Like, let's just, let's just have fun, man. That's let's how I built fun. my empire, Alex. Calm down. All right. <laughs> don't, yeah, give, like, don't give away the, the president recipe, can do that, though. You have your morning this, coffee and you yell at people on Twitter. Mad, angry. Go ahead. Th- this, uh, this segment is sponsored by uh, Trilly's Photoshops. <laughs> Tiffany, what, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I don't really, I'll be honest, you very seldom see me in any of that. I don't care, honestly, whatever's going to make the team better, I'm for it. Whatever they decide to do about the team, I'm for it. I don't care. As long as I get to look at Max Struess hit a couple of threes, I don't care what's <laughs> happening. Yes, I'm here to push my Struess narrative. Yes, that's the only reason why I showed up, pushing that Struess narrative. But no, they know. I don't get involved. I don't care. I don't really involve. I don't get involved with fans that often because I don't care. I, I really don't. Leif, is I, I, wanna, I wanna, wait, I want to. I want to. I want to clarify one thing. Some people in the chat are saying, "Alf, fan takes are just as valuable as analyst takes," and <laughs> blah blah blah. Listen, it's fine to have your takes. My point is, nobody cares if you're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you know, in two weeks, if your take two weeks ago was right. Nobody cares, bro. And if it was wrong, still nobody cares, bro. Like, no, you, you like you don't have to come out with some mea culpa because your your tweet <laughs> three weeks ago was inaccurate. Like, it's okay. Like, just watch the games, comment, talk shit, move on. Like, nobody's holding you to these takes. Sorry, go ahead, Lee. No, I but Nick, I hope they tell that to the Lamarcus Aldridge tweet. Damn it, oh, that's oh. the wit- but see, that's the oh, weirdo right. shit I'm talking about. Like, who cares? <laughs> I I, I, I will so tell glad you. Glad it didn't end up with Lamarcus Aldridge, by the way. Oh, I, I spent welcome. that whole day. I remember I was in Atlanta defending Leif on that one. Okay, a, a guy is allowed to change his mind, isn't he? Like, no, we, we had the information. Like, I was Ethan, I don't think people realized how often a, these guys a, change their minds. A 2018 a episode of Heat Beat, and Alex says he would trade Kemba Walker for Goran Dragic. Okay, like we're all wrong sometimes. It's okay. Sorry to bring that up. I said I would trade Bam and two picks for Beal. 
like in 2017. Well, pe pe people are reminding me in the comments that I was comparing Josh Richardson's numbers his first four years to Jimmy Butler. And yes, I did that. I was okay. right there with you, Ethan. That was <laughs> so, you and me. <laughs> so, so there you go. I, I will say this, okay? The, the Heat, who do follow all of this coverage, okay, uh, they said to me that they like the in-game analysis stuff, okay? But they said to me, well, when it gets to transaction season, though, you guys are like a bunch of kids on Ritalin. And that's that's kind of I mean, I, I think they appreciate actually breaking down the game uh, more so maybe than some of us trading everybody every time uh, they don't do well. But I guess, Greg, to close the loop on this, sh I mean, shouldn't at a certain point Heat fans realize that they're in pretty good hand, like kind of what Tiffany's saying, like they're pretty good hands with this front office. Like this is not the Dolphins. This is not the Marlins. OK, this, yeah, <laughs> right. No, I mean, you're like, right. Trust they've them built, a little bit. They built up that equity like that. If we're like. Your feelings can be your feelings and your opinions are your opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And the facts are that they have built up the equity to where, like, I'm not saying you can't be critical and that you shouldn't, like, comprehensively analyze what takes place because that's part of being a fan. Like, am I going to sit up here and act like I've been an analyst and a media member my whole life? I'm a damn fan. Like, come on. So, like, there's just a part of it where, to Alf's point, the – the the like yep like quoting your own tweet kind of stuff and this is very twitter centric i'm not trying to be too inside baseball but i think it's fans in general just want to um kind of you know high five and butt slap when they get stuff right and it's just a little ridiculous i don't know like are, are, there, are there some heat fans that you think again we get back to the where either be right I, is it as far as there are some Heat fans who li literally like will be happy if if the Heat lose because Duncan Robinson misses a big three? Yes. Sadly, no. I think so. I I I think so. Which is that like the morality test? <laughs> well, no. There, there's gonna I feel be like they they wouldn't until and I'll shut up after this. I know I'm hogging the mic. They wouldn't wish for it until the minute it happened and then the minute it happened they would flip the script and they would be like right. okay now i want them to be traded right. no because then you they know, get to go on the i told you so parade but well they're gonna do that anyway there are heat, heat fans, fans that are waiting that, for yeah i'm sorry go, go ahead Tiff. well but there are heat fans who like like okay everybody knows max is my dude but i'll go on i'll go on twitter if duncan once duncan gets hot i'm on it duncan you, you know whatever whatever like you gotta show love to the team you can have your guy your guy can be whoever but i i catch strays from people that are like oh you hate duncan da, 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 da. i don't hate duncan i hate <laughs> anyone that misses if you're missing <laughs> i'm hating you right now if well, you're making it i'm loving you because well, i'm a fan and well, that's what fans yeah. do but i don't purposely go on the internet and root for anyone's failure because here's the reality and i told alf and alf knows i say this every night on the show you need the first man on the seat to the last man on the seat. The Heat are going to need all these players. So why would you ultimately be rooting for Duncan's downfall when there's going to be a night that number's going to be called and we're going to need him to hit some crucial buckets? Like, I, for me, I can't understand why you would root for that. Well, I think the other I part think, of this is I, – I think, Brady, I'll go to you. I, I think the other part of this is I think it's okay for fans – to be frustrated with certain players who are not giving effort. Like right. the Hassan Whiteside thing to me, right. completely and totally understandable. Okay. And as a member of the media, I was part of it as someone who supported them, giving them the contract and bought into everything Hassan told me that he, that he was going to work after he got it. I flipped because he wasn't putting in the work. 
but I don't think, and Brady, and I'll let you you finish this topic. I, I I don't think there's anybody on this roster that we've had to question effort with this season, right? Like this is a hard no. playing group from top to bottom. Definitely not. I just wanted to say that it, it's one thing to address a guy like Duncan or one of these other guys, but we're in April, like two days away from the playoffs starting, right. and you're sitting there in the comments saying trade Duncan Robinson or <laughs> trade this guy. That's not possible. Trade Jimmy. Like, <laughs> the trade deadline was two months ago. Like if we're having, we started this segment by saying trans transaction talk in X's and O's. There's a time for transaction talk. That's after the season ends. Like the fact that you're having it after February. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That just makes zero sense. That's fair. All right. Uh, we want to we want to mention again here tonight that all proceeds are going to one pride. Uh, so make sure if you're doing the super chats and we'll throw these comments up here. I see from Derek Singer. I was wrong about O'Carroll white being Chris boss light. That was probably wrong. Although they did lose with O'Carroll that whole no, season. So maybe, making, maybe he was, he's making uh, fun of me. But <laughs> I had, but I had Evan Cohen on uh, back when we worked together and, and I told Evan Cohen that and Evan Cohen has since never returned to the show. <laughs> Smart man. That's probably fair. All right, make sure uh, you guys are making those donations. We're going to get those to one pride tonight. All right, uh, we're at the halfway point here. G, you're up. All right. The most annoying fan base in the NBA. I actually, Ethan, I want to start with you because, and we can't pick ourselves because Heat fans, I think we rank pretty high up in, in the annoyingness. What do, what do what'd you say? I would say... Okay, there, there, there are a few. Um, I kind of like the Toronto fan base. They're cute, you know. I mean, you. they're you know the whole Kyle Lowry uh, thing and all that stuff. I, I don't so have a problem with that. Oh, I no, hate no. all people. That from might Cleveland. be my pick. That, <laughs> see, I'm not going with it. I hate all people from Cleveland equally. So it's not really a fan base thing. It's just, it's just the city. Is that racist? <laughs> I mean, most <laughs> of the people I encounter by virtue white, of the so population I don't know what, there. Yes, yeah, that's Midwest white, Alex. <laughs> Hawks fans. No, come on, Twisted. Now, there are they no have Hawks fans. fans. There are like no Hawks fans. Let, let, let's establish something first. There are no Magic fans. There are no Hawks fans. There are no Nets fans that live inside the state of New York. Uh, there, there are, I mean, there's a whole bunch of these, okay, that we could go through. There are no Washington Wizards fans. I've never met one. Uh, I've never saw one in the Washington arena. <laughs> I, I would say the most annoying fans in the NBA right now are the Los Angeles Lakers because they are so fucking entitled. Uh, it's just it, it's it's just beyond belief. I mean, we talk about heat fans and, and photoshopping people and all the rest of this. But I mean, Laker fans and I guess this they they are entitled to it to a certain degree because ESPN treats them like this. But they think literally it's like that old, you know, that that mug you get with like the New Yorkers view of the world where it's like you can only see like the buildings and there's nothing else out there. You know, like Hawaii is out there in the background. OK, like that's how the Lakers fans view the NBA. I would say, you know, Lakers or Celtics. For me, would Ooh, be Celtics. one two. That's a and, good one. And, and the Bucks fans are getting there. Uh, I I I don't understand. Ethan the picked every team. Just won a championship <laughs> and is so concerned. Ethan did the Stugats. Well, what did I do? You, you picked every. You picked team. all of them. Yeah, I picked all of them. I, I'm going with Lakers fans first. That's that's where I'm going. Leif. 
Oh man. Um, I think there's one answer for us. I really don't. I really am not a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers Let's in go! all way, shapes or form. And <laughs> the fact that James Harden is now on that team, is just the perfect fit for him. I hope he never leaves that organization because it just, it fuels everything inside of me um, to continue to not like them, root against them, laugh at them and point at them while doing so. Um, and, but I, I just have to say about the Toronto thing, there is this thing about Toronto fans where they are starting to act as if they are an organization that has had their shit together for the entire time <laughs> that they have been an organization. And that is complete nonsense and bullshit. And they are not on that level yet. And they should not be placed on that level yet. They are not the Spurs. They are not the heat. Stop it. And can I push all. back on that? A little bit. You just really like a, can't. Just a, no, no, but no. I mean, you okay. can talk, but it's not valid. I'm going to give my answer because I don't want you to talk about Toronto. I'm going to go off Great the board team. a little bit. It's the Denver Nuggets fans, okay? <laughs> because they Great are team. the weirdest. <laughs> Thank you, Bray. Because <laughs> after the whole uh, the whole Jokic thing, I've never seen so many weird white boy hikers <laughs> with brown Asics, cargo shorts, shout out. Uh, you know, fleece vests <laughs> and plaid shirts, like in my mansions, talk about don't start none, won't be none. Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, you've never been in a fight in your life, except like with a grizzly bear. Like, shut up. Like, I, it's the the weirdest fan base I've ever seen. I've never heard of them heard of them before. I've never seen them on my timeline. But Jokic pushed Markeith Morris, and these these keyboard warriors came out of their caves. They were hiding in trees, building tree houses and shit. And like they came off of their mountains and they would just talk. It's don't start now, won't be none. You can't do like you can't do that in the streets. The streets of where? Boulder? Shut up. <laughs> the worst. The worst. All right. Show Nobody. me what a Denver Nuggets fan looks it's like. Like a like a like a prick in some brown ASICs. That, that's what they look like. All IPA drinkers. Yes. Oh, Bunch no. of dudes in craft beer houses. Shut up. <laughs> Boulder's nice though, man. I like Boulder. Well, it is nice. Just don't talk. That sounds like Nets fans. <laughs> there are no Nets fans. There's nice there retail are. stores in Denver. <laughs> I'm sure. Alex, I'm sure Denver is Jack lived there now. Alex, you with Leif and I with the Sixers? Oh yeah, that's an easy one. I it cannot wait awesome. for the for the the Heat Sixers second round. It's going to be incredible. The I mean the trio that they have of, of previous second round collapses between Doc, Harden, and Embiid. <laughs> I mean, they already there's already like those problems like kind of coming up already for the Sixers. They already do not fuck with their coach. Tybal not gonna be the first whenever they're in Toronto. Like, I mean, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Doc has the bus fun. the bus driver hat on already. <laughs> He's ready, Brady. I know you were gonna say something before. I was thinking about golf. Came in. No, I was going to say Nuggets and thought I was going off the board. I didn't think no anybody was going to be taking the Nuggets. But I didn't know, like he was saying, I had no idea they had fans. Like, I've never seen a Nuggets fan in my life. Like, I haven't had a long life, but when I'm out, I've never seen a Nuggets jersey in my life. Until that day. Brady, I, I frequent Denver. I go multiple times a year. I never see Nuggets stuff. It's all Broncos, Broncos. and yeah. I see more Rockies mm-hmm. stuff. Than, than, than Nuggets. Like, those people just don't care. A white never, guy pushed a I've black never... guy, and they became fans <laughs> quick. <laughs> we have never even seen what? a bio. They're like, reparations! <laughs> <laughs> black All right, guy took my money see... in high school. 
<laughs> We're gonna switch subjects here again. Uh, throw throw uh, throw up some super chat here. We'll make sure feet, right? before we close. Uh, everything goes to one pulse tonight. All right, we're gonna try to do these a little bit quicker. These are player uh, centric or or coach executive centric. Okay, so we're gonna go into where we see these people in three years. Okay, in terms of where their game is, whether they're still with the Heat, etc. Okay, so three years out. First one here. I'll go to Tiffany on this one. Wait, um, is this I'm not trade talk. No, it's well. <laughs> <laughs> it's trade talk disguised. Okay. Disguised. Disguised. Oh, we're not maxing the options here, though. Okay. Um, in three years, where do you see Tyler Hero? His game uh, in particular, but but I'll, just where do you see him in his career? He'll be 25 years old. On top of a model. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I love the awkward silence. It's super dope. No, that was that, that's exactly what it deserved. Uh, um, I, I honestly, I see him with the Heat. I actually see him as a starting two guard. Um, he's probably he's probably hitting at around. I give him about twenty six, six and five Woo! per game. Um, he's put on a little bit more weight. Uh, yeah. Uh. Starting in the backcourt with Lonzo Ball. Tell him. Oh, there we Whoa. go. Oh, no. Hot take. That's interesting. I'll take it. She said she didn't want transaction talk. They just threw that out there. This is absolutely. <laughs> how are they getting Lonzo? Greg, how are they making the contracts work? Uh, Duncan Robinson actually is a perfect. Okay. Oh, no, go. oh my God. Brady, what is Tyler Hero in three years? I'm pretty much right there. I'd say two-time all-star throw in there because there's going to be one year where he gets snubbed for a Celtic probably. So it's <laughs> probably around two. Uh, but yeah, I'd say he's around there. I think he's definitely the starting two guard. I think that starts next season. Uh, but I'm more interested in the other parts of his game because we've seen it grow, I guess, already in every other part. But it's going to be the defensive stuff growing even more. Mm. It's going to be where is the veterans on this team? Like who else is on the team at this time? Like, is he the number one option? Like, that's the question for me. Like, is he the number one option on the Miami Heat? Because I think you'd want to say it's Bam, but I think Bam and Tyler are the future. Bam's the number one option on defense. Tyler's going to be the number one option on offense. All right. Uh, close the loop on this one. Uh, G. I see him as a steady pick and roll diet kind of player. I think he's gone to the point where they run a lot of it. And I was wrong about the way he will create separation. I think the way that he leverages his shooting and his handle. Leif, you were right. I was wrong. He has he doesn't have like a quickness or a burst, but he's very good with the ball. He he almost is like not to compare them, but there's a little bit of like older Dwayne Wade in the way he slithers in pick and roll. And he knows exactly the spots he wants to get to. And he can really manipulate defenders. So I I really see him being a higher volume pick and roll player. I don't know. I, I'm not going to predict a scoring number or anything, but I, I just think that, I mean, I think he'll be here. I think they'll pay him what it'll take. And I, I know that Ethan and, and Leif can probably speak more to this, but I really do think that the Heat learned from their mistakes with Dwayne. I think that they learned a lot of things during that period of time. And that's why I, I thought they gave Bam the deal, even though it compromised cap space. They don't want to mess around and make dudes unhappy. I think Andy is a really smart guy, and they're not going to make a younger generation of player upset and, and mess with their money. I think they're just going to pay the guys. 
He's going to be here. They're going to suppose going to give him more of the offense as, as Jimmy gets older or, or whatever. And uh, it's exciting. <laughs> Sorry. It's a good answer. <laughs> Can he be the best Sorry, offensive player on a championship that... team? What's that? Greg? Can he be the best offensive player on a championship team on this episode I don't think of first so. take? <laughs> he, <laughs> he'll never, I don't think, and I could be wrong about this. I don't think he'll ever shoot enough free throws to hub an offense like that. G and, took the answer to the question seriously when Leif was making a joke. I know. It's a good answer, though. <laughs> and he said the hub of the offense. That's like for the people who know about the X's and O's. <laughs> That's why, like, but Bam does. Bam doesn't even have the ball that much. And what is he at? Like eight or eight, seven or eight free throws a game? Like he's just, that stuff is so critical to both your offense and your defense. But it's is just... Bam yurt, though? <laughs> <laughs> the yurtle. You know what? If you're gonna ask a yurt question, you have to give us super chat. Yeah, Alpha will answer your yurt questions for super chats. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about yurt for free. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Alpha only does that on his OnlyFans. That's, that's that's where that is. We'll All right. Uh, the link one. was just in the chat if you missed it, by the way. Uh, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> geez, since you talked about Bam, why don't you go to that one next? Okay, so uh, Brady, start with you, man. Where do you see Bam in three years? Uh, I think he's the best defender in the NBA. I, and I think that'll be the difference, I guess, as we look at <laughs> Ethan's wall, uh, is if other people start to notice that he's the best defender in the NBA and not just us talking about it on the show. Like, I feel like that's uh, the difference. I think they're going to form stuff around him a little bit more. Uh, as much as we talk about winning right now, and I know we're looking three years in the future, uh, there still has to be that offensive jump in terms of just taking the ropes and taking the reins of the offense. Uh, so I think he's probably a three-time all-star if I'm going along these lines. I think he's going to be up there. Uh, and it's just about, I, I think everybody will kind of notice by that time that he's kind of the best uh, defender in the NBA as long as Marcus Smart isn't still kicking. It's really just, uh, it's like <laughs> Heat Twitter and Coop. And I like how I feel like the Heat just gave the reins to Coop on the BAM propaganda. It's like, Coop, you're very smart. Can you, like, be smart in public so we can draw some attention to this? And Coop has come out with the fire, man. Gee, it would be nice if they allowed him to be available for a podcast. Oh, trust that's, me. But, but that, that's a whole nother matter. I he joke. was on Stream Beat, wasn't he? I, yeah, they only got to talk yeah, about movies. They don't count that. Ethan, I joke with they Jeremy Taché the other day. That's movies. Jimmy Butler's an easy. He's knocking some bam talk. Going to give away the strategy or like I don't. G's right. Jimmy you is can, easier to get. You can get Jimmy quicker than you can get Cooper Moorhead. It's crazy. You gotta, you is this more trade talk? Tiff, where do you see Bam in three years? I might. I don't think we've ever talked about this. Um, I definitely think, I mean, he's still in Miami, um, the hub of the defense, hopefully, um, the, the newer, younger parts around him can do a little bit more on defense just to take some of that pressure off of his knees. Cause you know, going forward, that's going to be a question. Tendonitis doesn't just disappear, you know? So that's a, that's a, that's something I always think about, but, uh, Hopefully he reaches another ceiling. I think uh, Brady talked about it a little bit as far as with his offense because um, he's capable. Like, that's no question. Um, and I think in three years, you're looking at a different team, probably a little bit younger, which is where they're going to have to go at some point. Like, we can't act like that's not happening, um, which also gives Bam a little bit more room to work on a lot of the things that we know we've seen him do every now and then as far as his offensive game, 
um, with his with his jumpers and his turnaround, his face ups, all those things. He doesn't really have a lot of room to do a lot of that right now. So I think three years from now we'll see like the expansion of his offense. Um, I don't know if I don't think he's going to be out there doing a lot, doing a lot of that switching and a lot of those things in three years. I think he'll probably be a little bit more closer to the basket, which is fine because you can still be dominant under the basket. Um, listen, I I'm I'm here for Tyler Bam running this team. I'm I'm here for the next iteration of what this is going to be. I'm here for that two man game, um, and and I'm just I'm I'm here for them to honestly, you know. I'm not trying to be right, but I'm here for them to prove people wrong. That's fair. And I think that's actually a good transition to the next topic because I'm going to frame this question a little bit differently here because in three years, the contracts of Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry will be up. Okay. So, Alf, I'll go to you on this. Are we going to look back and say that those were good contracts? That, that in both cases, the Heat made the right decision to give Kyle three years and made the right decision to uh to extend jimmy the way that they did we're going to look back at it in totality and say yes if you could do it you would do it again okay are we as a collective going to no <laughs> because we are because it's whatever they look like in their last month here on their three-year deal is going to color the entire thing but in how i will look at it no of course it was the right thing to do we complained last year about needing a point guard they went out and got a point guard and they did the right thing by that point guard and gave him three years. We wanted Jimmy Butler here so badly. He took us to a uh, NBA Finals. After the shortest offseason in history, he scored less than Bryn Forbes. Yes, I heard you, Milwaukee Bucks Twitter. He scored less than Bryn Forbes. But what he has done for this team, made he turned them into from a joke into a competitor. And now into an actual contender over the last few years. So whatever happens for the rest of this contract is, you know, it's worth it for what he's already brought to the table. So I don't think you can go back and do the whole hindsight is 2020 stuff because you have to look at the contracts at the time and what and why you gave out those contracts. You want Jimmy Butler to be happy here. You want Kyle Lowry to be happy here. You want the rest of the NBA to look around and say the Miami Heat takes care of their guys. Right. You know, they did everything to get Kyle there and they took care of him. They did everything to get Jimmy there and they took care of him. So the next people, the next group of free agents, trade prospects that come around can say, look how they took care of Jimmy. Look how they took care of Kyle. Alex. I mean, shout out to Kevin Landon in the comments, just preaching to the choir over here. I mean, just bringing up great points. Uh, I completely Better forgot what the question was. Uh, the question I mean, was, when the contracts three, three are three up, from now, like, we should, we're going we're to burn these topics for three years from now when we need the box. <laughs> we might. We're just going to replay Are we going to look back fondly at those contracts, Alex? That's the question. No, I mean, look, I think it would have to be like, like more of what happened last season happening over and over again. I think it would have to be that bad. You know, you would have to be essentially like doing what the Sixers do every time they're in the playoffs for that to even be a real conversation. And and I just mean like collapse and, you know, go out earlier than you're supposed to and are expected to the way you're talked about by your fans and NBA fans. I'm sorry, man. I'm just, I, I heard all the Sixers talk right before the show started. It got me heated up again, <laughs> but Really, like, I, I think it's – that's not going to be a conversation. I think it's just going to be more frustration because they're going to be at the end of the, the deals. They're also going to be making the most money at the end of the deals. Like, I, what, what is Jimmy making on the last season? Like, $3 billion. $48.7 Yeah, 
yeah, the like GDP it, of a small country. That's what you pay to win. You got to pay your guys, man. You got to pay the high level players to win, and you know everything else said because they took you from being. And he still won't able, He still won't be able to afford a house in Miami, which is the sad part. <laughs> or rent. Yeah. <laughs> Or red. Uh, all right. Final one before we get to it. I uh, just want to mention this. We're going to do one more. And then after we're going to take the first five questions that come in on the super chat. Okay. With everything coming in for one pulse. All right. So get the super chat questions lined up. Um, just Manny, hold on to for a second. Our producer, Manny Chang, we appreciate him doing this tonight, but uh, G you go with the, uh, the final question here from our, from our group. Final one. And I got to ask the one and only, where is Riley? Where are Riley and Spolaf? What are they up to in three years? Man, why you gotta make me go down these roads? <laughs> three years. So, so it's so you're talking mid April of 2025. How old is um, how old are Spo's kids by that point? So Spolstra will have? still be still be coaching, I believe he'll still be coaching. But he will be um, more involved in the front office stuff than ever before. And I think that Pat will still be around, but probably in a more advisory role than ever before. Um, Officially or unofficially? Unofficially. Titles will remain the same, I believe. And uh, I think that Riley sticks around for the last build as the decks clear for 2026 free agency, etc., uh, and that's going to be like, I've been saying this for a decade now about this last build with Riley stuff. So he's going to, you know, ma- put egg on my face and be around for another 30 years. Um, knock on wood, but yeah, no, I still see both of them there. I don't think that that necessarily, um, Riley's in a sweet spot where he has put so many people in place that make decisions very similar to the way that he would make decisions. And I think that that's going to play into him being able to stick around for a lot longer. He doesn't have to do the heavy lifting. Leif, I'm going to ask you like a quick kind of revision to that. If they win the title this year, how does that change the math on that? um, Does he stay for the defense and then that's it? That sounds about right. That sounds about right. I mean, he, he told me in two. Ethan may know better than me. It, well, Ethan will know better. Actually, Greg, me. Greg and I are going to disagree on this one. I, I, uh, you know, Pat, Pat told me in 2015 that if they won a championship, that you wouldn't find him again. That he and uh, <laughs> that 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 he he and Chris were going to be there, being in the south of France uh, by the time that the, the champagne was was dry. Um, I actually think in three years, this came in on the comments. I, I think Eric Spolster is going to be in the front office. Uh, I, I think that would have happened sooner, but he got re-energized by the Butler build because, you know, the two last two years of Whiteside, Spo was ready to move on uh, to, to the front office. He's been on the road since I was on the road with that team, 1996, okay? I mean, it's a long time. I mean, it's a grind. And I, I just think, uh, I think if he can win a title or doesn't win a title, I think the other part of this is, We've seen a lot of coaches leave the heat now that were kind of getting groomed to replace Spo, whether it was uh, Juwan or Fizz and I, I and or Dan Craig. And so I think that the way they've been promoting Chris Quinn lately. There you go. I, I think Spo may clear the way for Chris Quinn to take the reins. Pat moves into a Jerry West role. Spolster and Adam Simon and Andy Ellisberg run the organization. Wasn't the fan base panicking about like coaches and executives leaving and shit? Yes. God, yes. We're so dumb. We're so stupid. Why that's should we leaving? That's why I'm leaning, in the, why I'm leaning in the direction I am. But up. yo, truthfully, like I think that Quinny will be one that they will be very reluctant if he tries to get poached from another organization. Mm-hmm. 
that could make their the the things change in terms of decision making to Ethan's point. Like I don't think they want him to go particularly. Yeah. Does, and, and Pat, Pat's 77 years old, you know, I just think there's a certain point where, you know, he's got to clear the deck for Spo too, because I can tell you the stuff about Portland wanting, wanting Spo to be an executive last summer was real. There's going to be another, there's going to be another team that, uh, that does that. I do want to mention super chat here and I'm going to let others answer the questions on this stuff. Okay. So Manny, I know we had one that came in. Anybody else has some super chat comments, put them in. This is all going to one pulse. We're going to take the first five. If we get five before we close here, if Ethan, the heat's before you start, play, I really wanted up? to, as a last bookend to the thing, does the Spo get ownership at this point? Cause it could get dicey with him. Doesn't Riley have a, a little bit of ownership stake? Does that, does Riley give that up when he leaves and then Spo takes that or maybe a bigger cut? That's something I've actually been wanting to ask you for a while. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I know they're going to take care of Spo. It's not easy like to get an ownership to. stake. Just ask Dwayne. That's true. <laughs> so that, that's why I asked. Cause I mean, <laughs> I mean, UD might get one, but it's, it's going to be discounted. He didn't have, he doesn't even have Dwayne's money. So Riley does have it though, right? Riley does have ownership or am I incorrect about that? He, he did, did initially. He, came. he did yeah, what okay. he came. I, I, I couldn't 100% tell you that he still They does. would never make public if there was any transaction that has changed. But when he came, that was part of the package. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's get to some of the comments. Line them up here. But uh, just from the super chat, here we go. If the Heat's top three players just score their average, the team plays like they're a top three defensive team, they'll make the finals. FYI, forget about last year's playoff team. That roster was hot garbage. Uh, Tiffany, is that fair? That's fair. I mean, the Trevor Ariza power forward minutes didn't move you. <laughs> Man, I was, I was, I wanted Alf to dress. Somebody <laughs> needed to take that spot. Tip, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Listen, I'm still shell shocked between Trevor, Mo Harkless. Why that comments are bringing up old shit? Right. The dark <laughs> Avery Knight, Bradley. Avery right, Bradley. The, the dark Knight, Avery Bradley. That's old shit. That's old shit. That we really wasn't a very good team that they put together <laughs> last year. I mean, on short notice, they didn't have a ton right. to play with, but it, it was, if you look back at it, it, it wasn't, I'm it wasn't sure right. We in December. We got, new, we got new wheels on the car, baby. We got new wheels. <laughs> I, I think I tweeted in December of last season that that team was going to go, you know, was better defensively on paper than the team that went to the bubble. You remember we when can't. I was saying we don't care about your old takes, Alex? Right. Please, no, Harry right now is one on that you. list. I told you, you Alex. Alex, they Alex you do a bunch of wrong. podcasts with me. You're gonna get talked into every iteration <laughs> of Heat team that comes along. I'm talking you into all of them. So we, just get ready. I'm, he, uh, G tried to convince me that you know Goran Dragic was gonna be fine. I was like, bro, what are you talking about? I was kind of right. I'm not alive. No, he was. I was kind of right. They made the finals and he was their leading scorer. No, no, I'm talking about the right year after you. that the when you were oh, trying yeah, to yeah, convince no, me yeah, that, oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, they don't need a point guard. Goran Dragic is fine. I did say that. Did you Kendrick see Fernando's is... comment here? Alf couldn't fit in them shorts. I like that one. If what they else? have extra pockets, I'm down. <laughs> At least six. All right, one more here from Derek Sigger. We're going to take another one here if anybody wants to contribute on the Super Chat. Oh, my God. Who could be the perfect front court partner next to Bam? <laughs> after BJ's done. Yurt Stokes or oh, Stokes. We have a jerk. Is that Stokes Jardel for Stokes, Stokes reference? Stoked for Stokes. Stoked for Stokes. Uh, that's Those another gag here. Uh, a tough one. On Heat Twitter. All right, we're going to take one more. Anybody want to throw in on the super chat here? We'll close the loop on this. We appreciate I Tiffany and Alpha. That, that last super chat comment. 
Yeah. If you watch the Heat on that six-game winning streak, the four guys, their top four guys, Bam, Lowry, uh, Jimmy, and uh, who am I missing? Hero. Tyler. Yeah. Hero. Uh, like, those guys, when they all were healthy, were putting up, like, 85 points a game, 90 points a game between the four of them. And all they needed was one other guy to roll out of bed and give them 12 points. Like, Deadman, Struess, Duncan, uh, Caleb, like any, the, the tertiary guys just had to give them a little something. And that is the blueprint for this team to go forward. Everybody go. And, and one of the things you notice, everybody played defense. Like I have been talking trash about Max Struess's defense all season. Max Struess was locked down, was ridiculous. And I'm not talking about just one-on-one. He's always been a good one-on-one defender, team defending. He was really, he's been really good lately. He hasn't been getting lost. Like sometimes I'm like, Max, what are you watching? Like, are there are they, are they cartoons in the media room? Like, what are you, like, why are you not paying attention to the game? He has been stellar defensively. And everybody who stepped on the court has done their job defensively. And it, the blueprint for them to win is for that to happen, the defense to hold up, those four guys to give you 80 to 90 points, and somebody else just show up. If it ain't Duncan, it needs to be Max. If it ain't Max, it needs to be Caleb. If it ain't Caleb, it needs to be Vincent. And then you're probably going to get dust off Victor Oladipo a game or two here during the playoffs. And to to me, that is the way they're going to keep they're going to keep that six game winning streak, that momentum going, because that is the blueprint going forward. All right, I, I also I also think that there's that there's going to be nights when it's not the fifth guy, but it's also one of the four kind of goes above their season average in a way. Like I think there's going to be a crazy. series, right? There's going to be a series where Tyler averages like twenty seven, right? That 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 seems the other likely piece, and that's why I think there's we're talking about this last year's team, like. This team has way more avenues than even that bubble team that had, in my opinion. Like we, Jimmy was just asked today if like the comparison, and he quickly like just did not want to compare the two at all. But I don't think they're comparable. Like just because they went to the finals and they were a good team, like they, this team is better defensively, and they have way more avenues offensively than they had at that team. All right, I want to thank everybody from Heatbeat, from Tiffany, Alf, and uh, and Giancarlo for joining us tonight, and thanks to Manny for producing. Just so we have something for the I told you so's, okay? I just no explanation here, okay? Just one one word or one sentence answer to this question. How far do the Miami Heat get this postseason? Giancarlo. All the way to the top, baby. Heat and five. Alf? NBA finals. Tiffany? Yeah, finals. Let's go. Alex? Did you hear for a troppy? It's he finals above. I don't believe. I could tell. Finals. I had to think about it for a second. At the end of the day, if they're <laughs> the not in the, the finals. At the end of the day, if they're not in the finals, we will hold them accountable. Oh, wow. <laughs> Brady. I'm going to be that guy that brings up his old takes. I said Suns Heat finals before the season that they, they lose in the finals. I think it's finals. Greg. But you say they're going to lose in the finals, Brady? Before the season, before the season, right? I'm pulling my right. You rather be happy? Rather be happy. We're gonna be happy. The Heat are gonna get one. This is the team since day one. We've said this is something special about this group. Even in the preseason, we were all saying it. Not just the sunshine pumper, but all of us were saying it's something special about this team. And I know y'all knew that this is what I was gonna do anyway. So Heat and five in the finals over. The Suns are specialer though. (laughs) Heat to the finals. Suns and six. Wow. But, oh, God. But I, but I don't know if I can Sons tolerate the Eddie Johnson thing if that oh, happens. Man. So that's and that's yeah. also if Chris Paul's yeah. leg don't fall off in the second well, round. That's, that's all of them. That, G that's, is a fraud, by the way. G told me that he would lose to the Celtics. 
Tyler will outplay Devin play Booker the Celtics. in the finals. Listen <laughs> to what I'm telling y'all. The math has changed, baby. We we have it on video right now. Perfect video. Listen to me. I'm so uh, old and washed with my terminology. Clip um, it. Tyler will outplay Devin Booker in the NBA Finals this season if they make it that far. Leif, we've been saying it for a year. Devin Booker's scoring, <laughs> but his win's low. <laughs> this is true. You know what? We're closing there. We've been saying it for years. That's it. That That is the perfect synopsis to this episode. Uh, thanks to everybody who donated tonight. Thanks to everybody for joining. Thanks to Manny for producing. This was fun. Maybe we'll do it again. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.